0: Hey everybody, Randy Beamer. Again, thank you for listening to San Antonio's Voice the Podcast. Very timely one right now this week. I talked with a man on his very first day on the job, the Police Officer Association, Police Union President, Danny Diaz. Very busy time for him and joining us as well, Sal Del Cid, our assignments editor. Sal. Hey Randy. Yeah, if if you're a police officer or you're related to an officer, or maybe you're on the other side of it where you don't like the way officers do things here in town or get disciplined, then there's a lot to unpack in this podcast because the information is in it. Uh, Diaz talked to you, Randy, about defunding the police, that movement. Uh, but he also brought up his number one priority, which he addressed throughout the interview. That's right. And they, they don't call it here defunding police, that movement, but it's called, well, Fix SAPD. And they have this petition drive right now. They expect to get, uh, on the May ballot, uh, a push to get rid of collective bargaining uh, right now that – the police union has and so that is going to be the first issue for the new police union president they're going to fight that you're probably going to see a lot in the media a lot of ads about that so you probably won't see as many ads funded by the police union say in the mayor's race like we did a couple of years ago and of course you know the police union the fire union contracts In the past decade, have been big issues and have been antagonistic, and the police union president against Cheryl Scully. That's not the way it's going to go down this year, partly because of his style, Danny Diaz versus. Uh, Mike Helley, his predecessor. So I hope you enjoy it, I hope you rate it highly, and share it with a lot of people because it's important to everybody here, taxpayers, just people who live in the city. This is Danny Diaz, the new San Antonio Police Officer Association President.
1: Thank you very much for doing this. I know it's your first official day as we record this. Uh, what are you looking forward to? What's your first priority? You're coming in at a very busy time, a lot of things going on.
2: Uh, hitting the ground running, what are, you, what are your goals? So priority is the, uh, of course, the signatures that were turned in uh, to repeal collective bargaining. So that's our first priority. Uh, we do have the, the fight that more than likely is gonna come in November uh, for them trying to repeal civil service also. Uh, so that's gonna take up a lot of our time. Uh, we do have collective bargaining coming up. Uh, we do have to pick our team and, and, and sit down and meet because uh, we have uh, 11 days before we meet with the city on that. Uh, so those are the first three uh, priorities that we have. Uh, the fourth one is, is uh, what was sent up to Austin for the uh, state legislature to, to change as far as civil service laws are concerned. There's some things that, uh, that they're wanting to change that we just, uh, we can't, uh, you know, back.
1: Well, Now in the petitions, people may know about the petition drive to end collective bargaining as it is now tell us about the petitions. You had a news conference with the chief, which a lot of people think was a first in a long time. Uh, you're on the same page, I guess, in terms of collective bargaining. Uh, there's a petition drive, fix SAPD, APD to end collective bargaining. What do you say to people that, that are concerned about whether the department, whether the officers should have that?
2: So I will tell you, it's it's detrimental not only to the officers but to the city also to not uh, have it. Not have it. Um, and, and reason being is is look, the city themselves have been looking for local control uh, it, with a lot of things, even with with re- in reference to the COVID and the shots, uh, uh, the, the vaccines for that. Right? When things tend to get out uh, to Austin, uh, you, you don't have the, the same control over that. Um, it, it's a benefit for the city to have the local control to be able to dictate what officers do have. With that, uh, the intent is to have a working relationship with uh, with the city, the city manager. I've already met with the city manager. We, we've had a good relationship over the years. Uh, look, let's face it, he's not Cheryl and I'm not Mike. Right? It's a fresh start. Uh, uh, the other thing is, my, my first, the very first thing that I did once I got the election results was call the chief and, and let him know uh, chief, I've made no bones about it. Everywhere I went, uh, I told officers that the first thing we need to do is get back, have a working relationship with the chief on the sixth floor. That was the intent, and that was the whole intent of that, that interview, um, you know, just to let the community know that, hey, it's not uh, it's not the doom and gloom that it's been portrayed to be.
1: What's the difference, then, in terms of practical terms that you and the chief are on, speaking terms, and uh, how will that affect the bargaining
2: coming up? So there's, there's a lot of issues that Um, we could talk about and fix amongst ourselves that are in-house issues, right? Uh, Hence, uh, there might be some grievances that that we don't have to file uh, if we can just have that conversation on there and come to a resolution. So the the idea is this. If we can meet and talk about certain things uh, and we can come to a happy medium, that'd be the best thing to do uh, versus, you know, going at each other
1: of course, everybody remembers the, the long fight over the contract and then the Ch- fire department went a different way with that. Um, it was very antagonistic um, and now discipline seems to be the big issue, uh, how the chief can discipline officers or not right
2: now. Uh, where are you on that? So look, with everything that's transpired across the country, right? Uh, we understand re- reform. And, and we don't have issues with it. Anything that we can do to make the department great and make the job easier and safer for the officers and for the citizens, we're all for it, right? Uh, uh, the thing is, you can't take something that has worked for 40 years since its inception, and now all of a sudden you wanna throw it all out. Um, the, and, and here we go back to, because of that relationship with the chief and the city, we would be able to work out those issues and be able to make, come to a better decision Uh, or or a better direction that's best for the citizens of San Antonio. They're a big sticking point, at least
1: publicly, is the 180 day rule about right now the chief can discipline an officer 180 days after the incident and they want it to be 180 days after the chief finds out about it. Why shouldn't it be after the chief finds out about it?
2: So there's there's different thoughts to it, right? Um, Again, just Uh, throwing things out Uh, we haven't come to a decision with our team but I will tell you there's all kinds of avenues that we can look at Um, look I've been told that if we can't do an investigation within 180 days there's a problem Uh, as far as when the chief finds out uh, why does it have to wait that long Uh, why can't we say where your immediate supervisor finds out right he finds out sooner Um, just to be able to settle the issue. Um, But the misconceptions that are being put out there by FIX is that these things protect officers uh, from criminal acts, uh, and they don't. Look, all the things that we're talking about are procedural violations, right? Didn't turn on your body cam, you didn't put your seatbelt on, um, you know, things of that sort. These criminal acts that, that FIX is misrepresenting that uh, our policies that are in place protect these officers is far from it. If they're, it's a criminal act, they're not protected by our rules and regulations and the policies that we have through well, the CBA.
1: The police chief has said that he you know, would like to be able to fire people, and has fired people. Also, this is talking about arbitration, mm-hmm. uh, and what's it, like two-thirds of the people that he has fired have been allowed back on the force because of arbitration. Where are you on that?
2: Well, it's not, it hasn't been all because of the, look, the arbitration process works, okay? The two-thirds number that's being thrown out, if you actually go back and you look at the last decade, uh, 10 officers have won their job back from the arbitrator. The rest of them were given their jobs back by the chief on a second chance agreement. So if that's the case, how is it, how is the arbitration process um, so wrong? So the two-thirds it, number is? If you're looking at two-thirds, it's, it's, it's entirety of officers that have won their job back, whether it's from a second chance uh, agreement that they made with the chief or uh, that they won their arbitration outright. So you're looking at really one officer per year over the last 10 years. Are you open to changing that sum, that arbitration process? <sighs> you know, we have to sit down and talk and discuss that with the bargaining team. Um, I will tell you that that one of the things that was suggested to me was that the chief or the city manager have uh, the last say. Uh, Well, if that's the case, then why do we even have an arbitration process? I think the thing that's being missed is the reason why it was put in place to begin with, was uh, years back when this all first started in, in 74, the only recourse officers had was to go to district court and they had to file appeals. So in essence, what was happening back then is it was pushing back or, or overloading the docket. Uh, so they came up with this idea of having a third party, uh, have no attachments to either side, uh, a third party re- review it, an attorney, and then we, we you know, the decision is made from there.
1: Uh, back to the petition drive, how many of those signatures uh, do you think are valid and are you gonna challenge that because they had to come up with 20,000 to get this on the May ballot?
2: Yeah, I, I don't... It, look, we're going on the pretense that they actually have all their signatures. Uh, I have no idea. Um, some of the things that I saw at some of the poll sites, uh, look, it, it's, it was complete misrepresentation of what the chief said and complete misrepresentation of what our policies and procedures actually state. And, and I'll give you an example of the 48-hour rule. They're out telling citizens that the 48-hour rule means that officers get the case file 48 hours ahead of time before they get to uh, internal affairs office to view to look over this case with a, a sergeant, an IE sergeant, uh, which is far from it.
1: So you're talking about in here, just for background, 48 hours from when an officer is accused of something, they get to review the file before they're interviewed. That's what
2: 48 Fix is saying. That, that hours. We get to review the file 48 hours prior to going to, to internal affairs. Uh, but that is far from it and, and, and completely wrong. That 48 hours is just there for the officer to make accommodations to get there, for one. look, we work shift work, right? There's four shifts. Uh, It's either daylight, B shift, T shift, uh, dog watch, all different hours. So he has to make accommodations, not just for him to to arrive there on the date that they want him. He's got to deal with childcare. He also has a right to take a union delegate with him, uh, his immediate supervisor, or an attorney. So you have to, to get all that into place before you show up.
1: But a lot of people That's wouldn't have that 48 hours after they're accused of something to review the, all the charges or the, all the evidence against them.
2: Does but, that seem like special? But uh, they're not seeing it. It can't be, uh, and I see where you're going with it. it. Does it seem like it's favoritism towards the officer? It's not favoritism when he doesn't even actually know what the uh, what the allegation is until he walks into that office. See so. If, if you actually read the way that our procedure states, it's a big run-on sentence, which is th- the problem. It, it's actually separated into two. The 48 hours, all it is is he has 48 hours to get there to Internal Affairs Office. The second part is once he arrives, that's when he gets the case file to answer any uh, So he doesn't review questions. the
1: evidence over those 48 hours mm, or doesn't no, get sir. to? No, sir,
2: not at all. Basically what you're talking about here is discovery, right? right. If, if, if an attorney has a client and uh, he needs to see what the case is against his client. It's discovery. The officer has a right to see uh, what he's being accused of, but he doesn't have the right to see it prior to arriving to that, that internal affairs office. Is
1: that uh, somewhere where you could compromise, you think, with the,
2: with the department? So all of that uh, actually wouldn't be with the department, it'd be with the city. So, so look, all of that is up for discussion. Uh, at the table and those are things that we'll have to decide and come to an agreement on
1: does the possibility of this vote in may really uh, push you to come to an agreement earlier because if the collective bargaining agreement in may would be uh, voted down then you wouldn't be able to to continue as i understand
2: well so so well no that that's that's another that's another stickling point so if 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 you look at our contract our contract expires September 30th of this year so we'll still have to the end of the year um, then you come into another uh, issue where uh, we say look we have an eight-year evergreen city says no um, those are things that we will have to to dish out um, would we like to get come to an agreement as soon as we could who wouldn't uh, but I can't tell you that that's going to happen. Uh, if we rush through something uh, because of this petition, something's going to get missed and the ones that are going to suffer are not only the citizens, but the officer.
1: And now the evergreen clause, how long is that after this particular contract? Because that was seemed to be the sticking point and there were lawsuits over that and it took how how many years? Yeah, that so did. we reduced it to eight years from what we had previous. But they said four, you mentioned four. Um so it's eight years after eight years after the expiration September. of the contract mm-hmm. and would that gain you that much to go a year or two? Or no three? the idea
2: look the whole idea is not to get to that point right if we can come to an agreement and, and like my intent from the very beginning, the dialogue with the chief open relationship working relationship same with the city uh there's no need to go through what we went through in the past. Um, if we can come to an agreement that, that's beneficial for the citizens and for the officers, that's the goal, right?
1: Now, do you s- see, you have a lobbying uh, arm, I guess you would call it that, and some power to do that. In the last election two years ago, it was used in the mayor's race um, for and against uh, Nuremberg. Do you see that lessening and instead more on the uh, collective bargaining vote?
2: Yeah, so our our priority is right now strictly on a collective bargaining agreement, because that's what we're dealing with now. Um, look, I- if it's taken away, it, and I know uh, individuals say that it's not, but it's a form of defunding, it's, it's really all it is. When you're taking things away from officers, their rights, their ability to, to bargain, uh, their rights to um, uh, defend themselves when they're being either falsely accused or uh, because it, it happens on, on both sides, right? Um, who's gonna wanna be a policeman? Uh, it's bad enough now, uh, the way things are across the country, this isn't one of your sought after jobs uh, like it was in the, in the past. So uh, the, the city would be hard, hard pressed to do some of the things that they wanna do. Uh, I know they wanna get more diverse. Hey, we're all for it. Uh, the thing is, how can you do that when you don't have an agreement in place and, and people wanna make sure, look, at any job that they do, they want to make sure they have good benefits, right? Their rights are in place uh, to protect themselves. And, Do you and think and you're
1: going to try to get the same benefits or is that going to be a sticking point as well? We haven't heard as much about that.
2: No, I, th- I think we're, we're not going to know what, what that issue is un- until we sit down at the table. Look in the past, if, if you look at past uh, uh, bargaining sex- sessions, uh, everybody throws out a long Christmas list, right? Not everybody gets what they want for Christmas. Uh, the, the idea is a happy medium. But in the past it was, pension was the main thing. Went over that. Uh, then it was pay. Then it was insurance. Uh, we, we did that, so now, the, the time now is a discipline, so. And
1: do you expect to stay out of the mayor's race then this time?
2: Uh, I can't answer that at this point either. Um, all I know is that, that our focus is the collective bargaining agreement. Are we gonna look into some of the, uh, the races for this next uh, election? Sure, because there are some issues that we have in certain districts that uh, we feel that uh, the citizens in our, that community is not being represented uh, the way that it should be. Um, look, it's not all about us. It's about the citizens that live here in this town, and we know that. We're, we're, not, uh, uh, we're not blind to that, but we're also not immune to some of the decisions that are being made by some of these council people. It's detrimental to everybody. If it affects us, it affects the citizens here. How about the mayor and his decisions and
1: his um closeness at least at times working with uh the, the some of the protesters.
2: You know, I can't control what what other people I mean how do you,
1: how do you feel about that? How does the union feel about that? Is that a th- kind of a threat? you think are you worried about defunding because they don't
2: use that word. So they they don't use that word because they know that that uh at least here in San Antonio the public doesn't want to see that. Um they, they use different words to try and uh, disguise it, but r- really all it is, by doing this, you're defunding the police. Um, look, it, it, it affects, and, and if they say no, it's just their, uh, their, uh, for their pay and stuff like that. Well, that's wrong because taking away collective bargaining takes away a lot of things from the city also. Uh, if you look at the contract, a lot of the uh, deputy chief's appointments uh, were given to the chief through collective bargaining. Uh, there's a four shift the t-shift that was through collective bargaining the uedi rank which is the detective rank uh, where they go out and, and do the fingerprints and, and uh, shooting scenes and all of that that was another thing that that's part of the collective bargaining agreement so you're basically going to dismantle what has been worked on for 40 years um in, in instead of uh, at least that's what they're wanting to do is dismantle the entire thing where if we have local control and we can continue to bargain with the city in good faith, which is what our intentions are is to bargain in good faith, then we can come to a decision in a happy medium that's beneficial for the entire city. Did
1: you expect that this would come to votes on this chapter 143 collective
2: bargaining and then 174 um,
1: possibly in the fall?
2: So uh, the expectation was there. Once we got wind of it and what they were doing across the country, as soon as it happened in Austin, we knew it was coming. Um, and we're not the only city that it's gonna uh, affect. There's others that are on their radar from what I understand. Do you
1: look at other cities like Austin and think, well, I mean, that could, that kind of shift in funding within the department could come here, or is it a different town?
2: Uh, No, it's a different town uh, when you compare it to Austin. So, um, you know, there's, look, the only thing I can control is, is right now is, what our message is. And our message is to educate the community on what the actual facts are, uh, not, not the, uh, the misdirection or misinterpreted uh, comments that are being said by, by Fix. We can tell you what our procedures are, what they mean, you can Google it, uh, look it up and read it for yourself. Uh, it's, it's there. Uh, it's, not, uh, it, it's not for officers, it's not to protect bad officers. Okay, that's far from it. Uh, We've got a good crew here, and and, uh, uh, it's been working for a very long time.
1: How much in the past was personalities? You mentioned you're not Mike, meaning Mike Kelly, the former uh, head of the SAPOA, and Eric is not uh, Cheryl Scully, uh, city manager. How much of that, do you think, was the the sticking points in some of that?
2: Man, that's hard to say because I tried not to, uh, at that point, I tried not to get involved in that. That was between Mike and Cheryl. Uh, My focus at the time was being the uh, political action chairman and working that aspect of it. That's where I stayed focused on. So whatever issue was between Mike and Cheryl, uh, I have no idea. But you have a better relationship with the chief and Eric has a better relationship. uh, I have a better relationship with both Eric and the chief than, than we have in the past, yeah.
1: And now you've had a... Zoom meeting with uh,
2: the fix, <laughs> SAPD. I sure did. People. How did that go? Uh, well, December seventeenth, I got the results of the election. That following Monday, that was a Thursday. That Monday was my first Zoom meeting. So uh, I, I kind of felt like uh, Muhammad Ali, so to speak, doing a rope a dope, right? Trying to <laughs> try not to get hit, try not to get hit so many times. Uh, look, I can only um at that time also and 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 even now i can only tell you the truth look all we're going to come out with is facts and documentation supporting those facts that's what i try to do at that meeting um you can't sway individuals when they have something in their head or in their mind and they're adamant that this is what it is and i'm showing them look this is what it says uh, not what you're saying um you know you you can only try no it wasn't confrontational i was just uh um, individuals kept putting out things that that uh, their message, right? Uh, I would explain to them that's not what the message is, and they would throw it back at me again. No, you're just you're lying. That's not true. Uh, this is what it is, and it's like no. Nah, and right then
1: after I the had? news conference with you and the chief, uh, though, well, now you mentioned that they were. Um, I can't think of it, but that they were. Uh, possibly from outside, that there were some out-of-state operatives with dark special interest groups.
2: So where are they getting their money from? It was was the the point. So in, in other Zoom meetings that, that I've had, it, it was I was advised that look, hey, uh, Top has given fix, uh, Texas Organized Projects has given fix, uh, three hundred thousand dollars to fight you, and I'm like, okay, I, I can't control that you know and now is Uh, that a dark special interest or well if you look at their if you look look we all have to report all the expenditures and stuff that we get right but if you look at their accounts they have more money than that three hundred thousand that that, that's in there um, and there's some lump sums that are there where did it come from you know there's uh, for a long time it's been it's been happening Uh, all you got to do is look at the last uh, uh, district Attorney's race, where you had George Soros send some money down uh, for that race. Uh, I know in the past there's been money that have come from uh, Palo Alto, California, uh, uh, San Francisco, you know, uh, New York. Now, what do you think there. they would be pushing for more than what
1: the fix SA or fix PD is pushing for now?
2: Like more uh, on that? Is uh, you know down the road or? Uh, well, if. I don't know if it's going to be more defunding down the road or Um, or defunding down the road instead of what they're asking for yeah it's it's pushing their message and wanting to make sure that that if at all possible um, at least now they can defund Um, of course they say that it's not it's not defunding that's not what they want Um, but again when you're taking things away not only from us but from the city um, it's defunding how long do you
1: think it'll take to get a contract does it depend on the boat?
2: Well, the the process is once once we have our both our teams set, we'll meet, uh, and then once we come to a conclusion, uh, we'll have to take that and and print it up. We take that contract to the membership. They have, uh, I think it's two weeks to vote uh, for that. And if it votes, you know, yes, then we take it back to the city. We're in agreement. Uh, if it votes no, we got to go back to the city and start all over again. Um, but the intent is is to. Uh, uh, look, uh, some people want, want us to get it done yesterday. Uh, that's not gonna happen, uh, but the intent is to get it done as expeditiously as possible, uh, but to make sure that we don't miss anything uh, and that we get the right contract that's right for everyone, for the city, for the citizens, and for us.
1: What do you hear from rank and file police officers? You're a patrolman now, not a detective. Correct. What do they tell you about what they want in this contract?
2: Well, look, we, everybody understands we're in a pandemic, right? Um, but the same the the, mu- the mutual the mutual feeling in terms of that uh, but the mutual uh, feeling that I keep hearing is man they're going to take everything away from us and, and that's what they're looking for it's not just discipline you're, you're talking about other things if you take away collective bargaining that's their insurance the the benefits that they have um, right to work certain hours um, there's there's a lot of issues in there you know so will
1: it help that the chief came out and said with you that he is okay with
2: collective bargaining I, I would hope that it that it does in a sense that the citizens understand that if he doesn't have a problem with collective bargaining or civil service then where is the issue you know is it People just might
1: not understand that why wouldn't he because he's had you know issues with the Union before
2: yeah but we turned the page right so uh, whatever issues the chief and Mike had, that was between them. Uh, I don't have those issues with the chief. You wouldn't put out a billboard that, I can't remember what the <laughs> what the
1: union, <laughs> what was that? That he's <laughs> not a friend or he's a friend to Sanctuary City? Yeah,
2: you know, um, the only thing I know about that is that uh, there was no actual billboard. Uh, was there not? <laughs> no.
1: Where did that report come from then?
2: What was that? <laughs> no, I think it was more of a digital thing that came out. There was no actual billboard that that was out, uh, but... uh, And what kind of
1: relationship then now do you have with the fix SAPD people? Is there
2: one? So I have spoken to several people from uh, uh, Black Lives Matter um, and of course that that one Zoom meeting. Um, It's not in big groups, but there are some individuals that I've spoken to, and for the most part, they're not all under the same message. Some are. Or hey, look, we don't want to defund We just need to have some changes and, and reassurances that, that we don't have bad cops here. Um, my explanation to them is that we understand reform, um, but when you blanketly want to take everything away, that's not a way to fix things either, especially since we've had it for so long and it's worked up to this point.
1: Is it tougher because there are different groups within that umbrella? There's a lot of
2: groups, and a lot of different groups has their own lead, and, and they want I guess, and this is an assumption, right? They all want to take charge. Um, so their, their message might not be the same, where uh, they might want some things or okay with this and are not okay with that. Um, but I can't focus myself with that. Uh, my focus is to, to make sure that, that, that we uh, come to the table with an uh, uh, open mind and, and uh, bargain in good faith and continue to have a good working relationship with both the city and the chief, or the city manager and the chief. Do you
1: expect it to be a five-year contract? Man, I wish I could tell you that. I, I just don't know where Could it possibly be longer, if considering that
2: there might not be collective bargaining after this year? You know, uh, look, everyone that has a collective bargaining agreement, from Major League Baseball to the NFL, basketball, uh, of course, everybody wishes to have a longer contract, right? Um, to say that that can happen, uh, I, I can't I can't tell you that because we don't know what the climate's gonna be uh, as, as far as, uh, are we still gonna be in a pandemic for another year? Uh, is, is this COVID thing gonna go away here sometime soon? where we can get back to normal and we can start working and we can start having Fiesta on time and whatnot. Um, that, that's tough to say. Um, we'll just try to get the, the the best contract that we can get.
1: How different is it for officers moving to a different direction here? How different is it for officers right now? How much tougher in different ways because of the
2: pandemic? It's difficult. Look, we haven't stopped working from day one. We've always been out, so we've had to do the best job that we can do uh, to protect the city uh, and the citizens being, you know, in the middle of all of this pandemic. of course, we take our precautions, but it's been nonstop for us. Uh, we, we haven't, uh, we didn't have the luxury of, of being sent home and work from home like some companies were able to do, which is, hey, great. I know USAA did it. Uh, they've been successful with it. We just don't have that, that opportunity. We have no choice but to do what we do.
1: What kind of interaction face-to-face now and how do you deal with that? I know the fire department, I'm talking to the chief, sometimes they were sending in three or four people with paramedics and such and now they have to have basically one at a time or they did it first? Yeah, so for
2: us, it's been pretty much the standard depending on the call. You know, is it one officer that that goes or uh, we try to send officers always with uh, as a team of two because you never know what what can happen, right? Um, But whatever the you have to have one that's we'll try our best to make sure that we keep our distance and social distancing and that we're masked up and taking our precautions of of wiping our hands with uh, um, with, uh, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank there, um, sanitizer and, and making sure that we're as clean as possible, wiping down our vehicles and the things that we use. Um, you know, we can do as much as we can, but still we're, we're uh, susceptible to getting it also, and that's what's tough.
1: When the Black Lives Matter protests really erupted in San Antonio and people talked about different cases here, what went through your mind in is there racism here? Is there? How do you how do you deal with that?
2: Look, in in my tenure on this department, and even growing up here as a kid, um, you always heard grumblings, right? I, I I can I can tell you that I've never seen it myself, um, and if it did happen, I was just either uh, immune to it or didn't pay attention to it uh, and didn't realize it. But San Antonio is a very unique city where we're as diverse as you can get. Um, I, I don't see uh, the issues that, that other cities have. The only time I did see it, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, uh, growing up playing college baseball, going out to other, other states, uh, you saw it. Um, Louisiana, I ran across it a couple times. Uh, Kentucky, uh, even in Chicago. Um, but Texas is, is a little different, uh, is a lot different. Uh, I didn't see it uh, quite like I did leaving this state
1: and now after you you're sitting in an office here that still has a Mike Heley placard and he hasn't moved his stuff out after you move your stuff in what's your or I guess it's down the road what are you what are you first going to do this week next week
2: uh, I have some meetings to get to with the uh, uh, some discussions with the chief and 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 with the assistant senior manager on on some things but uh, uh, look I, I'm not kidding when I say my focus is uh this petition and making sure that the citizens know that the collective bargaining agreement is a good thing for the city not just for the officers but it benefits everyone here um that's the focus is to educate educate as many people as i can um am i behind sure Uh, but this day one i'm what four hours into it so uh, i I need to get the ball rolling and, and keep going right as best as i can and a couple last questions
1: about you you mentioned that you grew up here, uh, college baseball. Tell people a little about you, because your name's going to be in the headlines, and they're not going to know where where's he from. What's his
2: background? So, born and raised San Antonio. Uh, graduate from Thomas Jefferson High School. Uh, did uh, play baseball at Dallas Baptist University, and then uh, here at St. Mary's for a little bit. Um, what position? I field first base, so I did that. Um, then I got onto the department, and. Uh, been on the department 29 years. Uh, 20 of those years, I uh, was a member of the SWAT team. So uh, that's where I, I, it was very hard to leave, trust me. Uh, I I left behind a lot of good teammates back there. And now, why did you leave the SWAT team? Well, uh, look, I I was in an incident where I got shot back in 2010. um, And I've started to, over the years, um, because of that injury, I started to develop some things that were starting to hamper me that I'm having to deal with now. Uh, it's a young man's game, so to speak. I could still do it, but not to the point to where I did before. Uh, so it was time. And then when I saw that Mike was retiring and everybody else was retiring, uh, look, I've been involved with the association for uh, my entire career, and I've learned from a lot of different people. Uh, so here was the intent, right? And uh, my, some of my teammates kind of joke with me about it, but, um, The way I see it is, at some point in time, somebody laid the groundwork for me. Uh, I learned a lot, and it's time for me to pay it back. How'd you get shot? That's all it's about. Uh, We're running a uh, narcotics warrant uh, uh, out on the the east side, and I wound up getting shot uh, in my face, my shoulder, and my hip. So uh, it was a long eight months after that. Now, was this Uh, a shootout, or was this a... uh, Yeah, it was a little bit of of both, but uh, uh, it was on... uh, Let's just say it was a very trying time back then. Did so the was, suspect? Uh, yeah, he was taken into custody one of that, that same day. But myself, my my lieutenant at the time, now as a captain, uh, were, were the worst that was hit. There was four of us that was hit that day. Uh, two from fragments. A lieutenant had a very uh, serious injury uh, to him to where he's, he's having to deal with issues uh, from that. Uh, I guess from the two, I was the most fortunate and was still able to stay another another 10 years doing what I was doing. And where
1: did you get into policing?
2: You know, um, by accident, really. Uh, My dad was a policeman and I always told myself I don't want to do that job, right? Uh, Different times though. Um, And then uh, in between my stint of college and the department, I was working at the Baptist Hospital and uh, one of my buddies said, hey, they're hiring, let's go. Uh, And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. He says, oh, you're just scared. I said, mama didn't raise any scaredy-cats. So uh, I went and took the test. We both passed. Um, In fact, he just recently retired. He was our helicopter pilot for quite a while. Um, But to show you the difference in the times, uh, back then when we took our exam, the line wrapped around the convention center all the way to the Lila Cockrell Theater. It was 4,500 people that took that exam. Um, And if you passed it, you went back and sat down. If you failed it, you walked out the door. Now, uh, we're lucky if we get 100 people to, uh, to sign up. To sign up for how many jobs at a time that are open? Well, it just depends on the vacancies that we have and, and whatnot. But uh, it's tough finding, finding people right now who want this job. And especially tough over the past year? Oh, yes, most definitely. You know, misconceptions. Uh, people seem to think that policing is the same all over the place. Uh, look, I'll tell you this, the one thing about this department, is we're ahead of the times as far as our training is concerned, right? Uh, we were doing things before other people, uh, or other states up north were doing them. Uh, so that we've been ahead. Um, uh, some of the procedures that they're looking for in, in other states, we were already doing them and have been doing them for the last eight, 10 years.
1: Mental health unit?
2: You know, everybody's behind the times with that. Uh, if you actually think of, if you take mental health in itself, right? For centuries, what have we done? Um, we've done experiments, we've put them in asylums. If I'm not mistaken, the last asylum was closed in 1996. I think it was in Arkansas, was the last one. So everyone's behind and, and we're trying to to do the best that we can with what we've learned up to this point. Uh, is it perfect? No, Does there still room for improvement? Most definitely.
1: In terms of policing, that's one of the things that people who might be thought of as defund the police department, want to move more toward uh, officers who go out. You have a mental health unit within the department that is trained especially to go out. Um, is that
2: something you would push for? Well, sure, like I said, we, we'd okay we embrace anything that makes the department better or makes it uh, a good working uh, environment for the officers. But the number one thing is safety, right? So if, uh, just to give you an example, because this was given to me already, uh, they want to send out one officer with uh, one fireman and two social workers. Well, you know, that's great, I understand the concept, but here's my concern, is that when you send one officer to an incident like that, prior to getting there, uh, look, the intelligence that you get from, from your dispatcher isn't always 100%, right? So you could get there and it could be at a high uh, point to where it's been escalated. So now that officer that's there handling that call has to worry about taking care of these three people that are with him, himself, and the individual that they have to deal with. And now that proposal is here? Uh, Just things that I've heard from across the state. But it wouldn't be here that they would move that? I have no idea what it is, what plan it is that they're trying to do uh, here until we sit down at the bargaining table.
1: Speaking of that, I had heard That unit that was, there was a documentary on, and there have been a couple of documentaries on within the department about, I can't think of the name, there are two officers, uh, and there's a a documentary on that. Um, Charlie and something, I'm trying to think of it, about the first two officers in the mental health unit. Um, But I'd also heard that other officers didn't really think that that's a
2: way that a department should move. So you look at, um, <coughs> excuse me, if you look at policing in its entirety, right, um, uh, like anywhere else, people are reluctant to change. Uh, we all have to change for the times. Uh, so that's something that we had to, to, to accept, right, and realize. Um, once you realize it, you move on and you try to do the best job that you can to protect not only the mental health uh, individual that you have but if you actually think about it, if it's at a residence, you've got other people you gotta take care of. You've got neighbors on both sides, neighbors across the street. But now is it 40 hours that the officers have to undergo through
1: with dealing with mental health compared to it used to be like a day?
2: Correct. That's correct. That's and that. is that helping? Um, uh, what's helping is, is the units that, that the chief has put in place with the mental health unit, uh, CIT, CRT, uh, being able to recognize that. It's just, we're not sure what changes the city wants to do as far as um, improving that or what changes that they're interested in making. Uh, we won't know until. How about the community
1: policing concept that a lot of people are hearing about where you try to get out more in the community? Well, visibility. the community
2: policing is, is, uh, has always been there with, with safe, right? We just don't have enough officers to be able to do that. Um, San Antonio fear-free environment. Y- yes, this. yes. But that's one of the things that, that as far as an organization, uh, I'd like for the association to, to to do that, is get more involved in the community uh, than we have been. We, we do a lot. We, we give scholarships. Um, we uh, we cook at the Ronald McDonald House. We help out with the food bank. Uh, we, there's there's tons of things that we do. It's just that the citizens don't know that we actually do it. Uh, we are giving back, which is.
1: And you're, that's one of the things that you want to make a little more higher profile, is that it's a police officers association that does that, it's not necessarily a, a city council member or someone that you support, right?
2: Well, the, the officer in itself, and, and let me give you this example, is you know we're, we're constantly being told that uh, from certain activists that they can't talk to police, police just hate you know, people, um, but it, look, there needs to be work done on both sides. And, and what I mean by that is, it doesn't matter what what race, what ethnicity you are, um, because it, on any given day, you know, I could stop at a store and if a if, uh, uh, father or mother was there with their child and the child was misbehaving, what's the first thing they would tell them? If you don't behave, I'm gonna tell that policeman to take you. Well, what message are we sending, right? Uh, it starts there. Uh, those are the things that, and that's what I mean, those are the things that we need to addressed from both sides, right? If if we all work on it, we'd be a whole lot better, uh, in a whole lot better position than
1: where we are now. But now black people would say, minorities, some minorities might say, yeah, but it's different for us. I've heard that, I have to teach my kid to be especially careful when they go to an officer.
2: What do you tell those parents? So, it, you know, in, in that, because I've been told that a lot, but in that representation, uh, th- there's a lot of things that are being looked at that uh, uh, don't paint the big picture right um, I, I'll, I'll give you uh, another example um, in looking some of the things up uh, the uh, actor Anthony Mackie uh, put it best uh, he says hey look he said I got police officers that are friends 90 percent of them uh, uh, 99% of them, he says, are, are great. He says, you're gonna chastise them for one bad apple. He goes, but the thing is, we gotta do our our work too. He says, uh, car stop. Says, the difference is, when an officer comes up, have my hands on her steering wheel, roll down the window, hello officer, how you doing officer, yes sir officer, no sir officer, thank you officer. That's a whole lot different scenario than man, you just stopped me because I'm brown or you just stopped me because I'm whatever color, um, that, that changes things, right? And, and those are things that I'm talking about. And that's an actor saying it from California, you know? Uh, it, it's different. Uh, people are quick to, to uh, uh, and rightly so, have their opinion and make their comments. But until you sit on this side and, and you see what actually happens, you no, know, it's a totally different different thing. And then when you say
1: 99%, it brings us back to uh, you recognize there are some bad apples in the department. So how do you help weed those out? The chief would say, I need more authority
2: to do what I think is right. So uh, there again, if you look at the things that are in place, they don't protect bad officers. He has the authority now. It's it's some of the things that have transpired by second chance agreements, uh, those things. Uh, that's that's not that's not from from us, right? That came from somewhere else. But the second chance agreement is that the police chief saying okay. Yeah, yes? that's that's they'll come to an agreement or have been in the past where there's a second chance agreement. If you get in trouble again, you know you're you're fired or whatever the issue might be, um, and that's when we talked about earlier that two thirds. It's not all that the arbitrators giving the officers their job back. They're getting their jobs back from from uh, second chance agreements also. So what's in place works it's just you know we just need to but then there's
1: some that have had six or seven chances
2: that's not yeah again that goes back to you know those agreements um and it's not not from the arbitrator it's from from somewhere else
1: and a couple last quick questions just about about uh about you and and your relationship with the chief how far back does that go in terms of helping, do you do you know
2: the chief well? Uh, no, I, I'll tell you that I've I've spoken to the chief, hi and by how you doing, sir, at council, uh, critical incidents when we were out on a, on a SWAT incident, and, and he'd show up, um, but I've I've never known. Uh, look, I don't have anything bad to say about the chief. I don't. Uh, all I know is from my conversation with him, um, and we you know agreed to, to have an open dialogue and a working relationship. Uh, I have to go by that, uh, and there's there 's a trust right? I have to show him i 'm willing to do the same thing i 'm going to state to my word and let him know that hey i'm i 'm here to work with you and and those are the things that we 're going to do.
1: How comfortable are you being the face of the association now because you saw mike kelly and and Mike Steele you know you 're the guy that is a lightning rod, maybe just because of the position. Um, mm-hmm is that a tough thing for you is that come naturally are you
2: okay with that is that
1: you want to no, keep a lower profile profile maybe than, than uh, Mike
2: well look if there's an issue that I need to speak up on and in, in, uh, I have a fiduciary responsibility to take care of the membership right if there's something that I have to to speak out on uh, I'm I'm not uh, worried about it or won't hesitate to do it um, but I do know that uh, making Decisions or knee-jerk reactions or, or statements, uh, when you haven't sat back and looked at the whole picture, uh, it's not a good thing either. So I, I think, as far as where I came from, uh, look, the acronym of SWAT is actually "sit, wait, and talk," not "special weapons and tactics," right? Um, um, but being able to step back, and look at the big picture, is there an avenue of being able to work things out? Uh, Or do I have to just, you know, hey, make a statement that this is wrong and and go from there? I don't have a problem with that. Uh, As far as being the lightning rod, um, look, over my career, I've been through it all, right? Uh, I think the only thing I hadn't done was uh, um, I wasn't in a riot, and I took care of that in May. Well, somebody took care of that for me in May. So uh, to, to say that I'm prepared for it, sure, am I perfect? No. Uh, But I'm smart enough to know that if I surround myself with good people, uh, we can get things accomplished. And the idea is to surround myself uh, not only with good people from the membership, but the chief, Eric Walsh, we go from there.
1: And because you've been in the uh, association before, people might wonder also, well, how different can you be if you were a
2: part of the association? for a number of years. Well, that's, that's, that's an easy, uh, easy statement because I wasn't in charge back then. So, we have a boss, right? Even though we're volunteering our time and doing what we need to do, uh, ultimately, the one that we answered to was the president at the time, whoever it was. From, <laughs> I'm gonna show my age here, from Jerry Clancy to Teddy Stewart uh, to Alex Perez. Uh, you, you talk about all those, those gentlemen that were here at one time or another, and uh, I've been here that long. Uh, they, they all we all answered to one of them, right? So, whatever direction they wanted to go, that's the direction that that we did and followed along.
1: How busy is your job? That people might wonder. Okay, well, you're you're an
2: officer. You know, it is non-stop. Um, Are you a full-time officer? How does that work? Y- yes. So, I, I, I starting today, I'm assigned here full-time. Um, but um, now assigned here. Yes so uh, basically I'm, i'll be out of the chief's office and this will be my permanent job is as, as doing union business um but so still under the department i'm still under the department yep so
1: uh, people might wonder okay well wouldn't there be an adversarial thing with the city and the union and
2: the well that, that again th- those are those are things that have been agreed upon between the city and and the union so um, Uh, to be an adversary look you don't have to be an adversary right you can work together and that's the intent that's there's two focuses right one is making sure we keep collective bargaining and two you don't need to be an adversary when you can communicate and have an open dialogue with your bosses with the chief and the city manager and that's the intent so the adversary part uh, I'd much rather not do Uh, is there gonna be a time where we're gonna have to agree to disagree (laughs) sure Uh, but uh, but there's a way to do it, and a way not to.
1: And how long is it going to be till you have your stuff in your office?
2: Uh, well, I, I'm, we're planning on uh, bringing all my SWAT stuff here just so I can feel at home. Uh, hopefully this Friday, uh, Friday after work, and we'll see what happens.
1: And I see a sign here: if you back the blue, don't sign the petition. Say no to defunding our police.
2: Yeah, that was the uh, that was the uh, release that we had during the uh, the uh, election in November.
1: And are we going to see more of that with the election coming up in May?
2: Yeah, you're going to see what uh, will we'll be coming out with, with some more messages, educating the public, right? Letting them know what, what the facts are and and, uh, and we'll have documentation supporting those facts. Uh, they won't get misrepresentations or, or, or lies, so to speak. And how about uh, with the legislature coming up? This do you have any plans? <sighs> Man, we have to monitor that because that there's a lot of uh, There's a lot of bills that are going out there right now. Um, uh, One of them in particular is wanting to legalize, um, let me rephrase that, it's not legalizing. Um, They're wanting to have a site and release on state jail felonies. And um, it's like (laughs) that's not the wisest thing to do. Uh, Felonies, you know, you're looking at drug crimes. Um, you want to issue somebody a ticket? They're gonna go right back to doing what they're doing. You think that could pass in Texas? I have no idea. Uh, I just right now, um, in the past, I'd be able to tell you, oh, that's not gonna go. Uh, but right now, the way things are, there's there's just from the pressure of of uh, of what we're in now with the pandemic and everything else, you no know, clue if it's gonna happen or not. Uh, we will do our due diligence to try and kill those bills because those bills are not, um, it's not right for the community. How about decriminalizing marijuana?
1: There's a push for that, there's always been a push for that. Don't know whether it's realistic in Texas. Would that affect policing?
2: Uh, yeah, it will, so, against that? well, it was brought to us and uh, originally last year during the election and it was brought to us in a, uh, in a door hanger type uh, flyer, right? and it had all the pros to it. Uh, You know, $30 billion in revenue, all of that. Uh, You're gonna get some of that money and I laughed because uh, policing would be the last thing that, you know, where that money goes. Uh, We have no, no, yeah, yeah, you do. No, we have no uh, uh, discretion or we have no uh, um, say in where that money goes. Um, So it's a little difficult, but my question was is you know you have this but at some point how do you expect us to police it and it's like well it's just like a DWI uh, well no it's not so um, so it wouldn't make your job easier no it's gonna make it a little little harder but you know w- uh, look what we do on a daily basis is we abide by the laws and enforce the laws that are set in place by state local and, and federal governments. that's okay. all we can do and how long is your term Uh, Three years you want to do
1: it more than that. It's a little early, but I'll ask you
2: So I've been on the department 29 years Um, If I could do two terms It would be nice Uh, if the membership feels that I've done a good job to uh, To do that uh, It would actually put me a year and a half over where I do want You know to stay but if I commit to it, I would honor my commitment and go from there You see that it helps to have the continuity with the union with the association. Yeah, it, uh, it look just like um, the president of the United States, right? It's kind of hard to get things done in four years, um, so we have a three-year term. You know, it's it's a little difficult to get certain things done, um, and there's there are certain things that I'd like to see uh, that would benefit the community as far as us being out there working with them um, uh, and, and showing them that we're we're here to stay and. and and here to do our part. And I promise this is the last question. (laughs) What are the the questions?
1: I know, 18 last questions. What are the the things that people ask you that you want to get out there and say, okay, this is the answer to that and I don't want to answer that anymore? Or what what kind of questions do people have of you right now? The biggest question. Well,
2: I'll tell you, I'll I'll answer any question. If I don't have the answer to it and I don't know, um, like I said earlier, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm not the dumbest also. I'll go research it and find out and get you the answer. Uh, But uh, I'm not afraid to answer any question. Uh, Anyone that has any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer. Are officers
1: your best friends now? Are there a lot more people saying, hey, hey, uh, Danny,
2: listen, I'm your buddy. Help me out with this. Uh, uh, You know, uh, it's day one and I haven't gotten that yet. So uh, we'll see if it comes. But uh, look, I've I've tried to uh, uh, look, I, I've tried to be the best officer I could be when I was out in the street. Uh, I've tried to be a good mentor to my younger brothers and sisters that are out there, uh, teaching them things that I learned, um, you know, and, and, and that's the idea, is, is giving back. Uh, has it gotten to that point? No. Uh, I think it, the curiosity or things that I've been getting from officers is, look, they're worried. Uh, they're worried about losing collective bargaining it's their livelihood and their families. If they lose that, what are they going to do? Um, it's going to be a big void, not only for us as officers, but the city uh, and, and the citizens. Um, it's going to be a big change. Um, much rather not have that, to go through that change and work together and, and solve it. But uh, we'll see what happens. I would ask for the citizens' help in, uh, in May to make sure that the collective bargaining is, is, is not taken away from us. Um, because we'd be a whole lot better off if collective bargaining stays, not only from a uh, officer standpoint, but from the citizens in the city of San Antonio. If we have a working relationship, we can get a lot of things done. Uh, so help us make sure that we, we get to keep it. All right, so thank you very much. Thank you sir. President Appreciate of the it.
1: association, Danny Diaz.
2: <laughs> Thanks for your time.